0: good afternoon welcome to the fontanelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield broadcasting today from the nebraska soybean board studio which is brought to you by nebraska soybean farmers and their checkoff jeff peterson is joining us with heartland farm partners and lots of things as i have a frog in my throat lots of things to talk about in regards to what you guys are watching with this crop we know that the harvest and this has kind of been the topic all week the delays that we've seen the factors that are being built in the yield numbers uh, private forecasters coming out tomorrow lots of things what are we going to deal with well first of
1: all it is great to see the sun is not it
0: that's i didn't, wasn't sure what that orange thing was i know exactly
1: but <laughs> it's a nice change and that helps everybody's mood i think but you know you sit back and, and you get a lot of them susan it's, it's about the yields and we'll know more about that as we get into next week's uh, wasdy report at the end of the week. Harvest weather, we're fortunate in this part of the country, missed out on some of the snow, but unfortunately those other areas, it wasn't so fortunate. South America weather, they're moving along, so we've got to keep a close eye on that, and there's always those Chinese trade talks. But there's getting to be a little more attention being paid to the, the corn demand and soybean demand. So that's going to be a bigger item as we go forward, Susan.
0: What are we seeing for corn and soybean yields? What are you hearing as you talk to your clients?
1: Yeah, and here's what we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out, is this a Nebraska thing or is this all across the corn belt? Because overall, what we'd say is that on soybeans, you will know, probably off five to seven bushels an acre across a lot of the irrigated. And as we get into the corn, we've got some guys in south-central Nebraska that are finishing up. You know, they're probably running 10 to 15 percent off on irrigated. And so we're seeing that in Nebraska. We aren't necessarily seeing that over in Iowa yet, so we're watching that really close. We know, though, that Minnesota is not going to be good for our customers up there, and same thing in South Dakota. So that's a little bit of what we're seeing so far.
0: And it seems like what's happening in Minnesota is happening in Wisconsin, is happening in Illinois as that snow, storm snow front kind of moved through.
1: It really did. And the other part with these really cold temperatures, you know, we're seeing some drier corn in Nebraska, not all over in Nebraska, but one of the items that we're definitely seeing as you move into Minnesota, you're, you're talking 22 to 25 moisture. We've got some customers in northern South Dakota, 27, 28 moisture levels. And so it's just not drying down and we ran some numbers. So if you're setting at an average temperature of about 40 degrees, you're probably lucky to bring that moisture down about a tenth of a percent per day and it might not even be that so that takes quite a while to bring those moisture levels down on that corn
0: and to look at the economics of it i mean propane is not expensive right now but at the same time are you wanting to do that
1: that's exactly right and you know there's in some of the areas they've had a little bit of wind so it scared them a little bit and it's blown down some corn and that's the last thing they want this corn has been out there for a long time it's not standing real well it's standing great Really for as long as it's been out there, but we know that it's getting a little weak in the need, so the last thing we need is a windstorm to come through.
0: I talked to one producer who was out there and he says he's just leaving more for his cows on stocks over the winter. That's one way to look at it. Let's uh otherwise harvest weather wise. I mean, as you look at the long term forecast, they're talking some possibilities of some dryness but still probably not enough dry to dry things down.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. It does look like we're going to get a little dry spell, which that's great. It'll help firm up some fields and it'll help get guys so that they can go. The only thing that we are noticing is that we've got a little bit of cool temperatures for a while. That's going to make this harvest still grind along really slow. But overall, I'd say we don't see any big storms out there, at least on the horizon here in the near term, maybe the next you know five to seven days. Beyond that, anything can change. So overall, the harvest weather looks good. And I would say it's supportive for the market because it still means we're going to have a slow harvest because the corn isn't drying down, but it's not enough just to make this market run yet.
0: So how much is South America's weather playing into our markets?
1: I think it's given us a little bit of support. You know, they they overall, if you were to sum it up between Argentina and Brazil, you'd say they don't have as much rain as they like in all areas. And it's it's just overall drier, and as a result, they're not getting the crop in as fast as they'd like to. <clears throat> but at this stage of the game, I don't think it's actually enough to cause us to be able to go ahead and bounce. It's just providing light support when we see those markets sell off.
0: Do we have any concrete numbers as to what they've planted or what they expect to be planting?
1: Well, we do. Um, there, If you take a look at Monte Grosso, that's probably some of the best areas that you can see. The furthest along, you're probably 65%, 70% planted there on the bean side you know, Argentina, obviously, is going along a lot slower because just because of the time of year and when they actually get started. So there's some progress being made down there.
0: Looking at China, earlier this week, we were all excited. We're going to get this taken care of. Everybody's going to Chile. They're going to sign this beautiful agreement, and we can move forward in phase one. And then we know that there was some confrontation in Chile. Now November 17th isn't going to happen.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, that's having a big impact on, impact on the market because it – it's that typical, okay, what's going on in China before the market wasn't paying as much attention, but it would get to a point now where they're looking for maybe some type of trade deal with this phase one. I still think there will be some type of agreement that we'll come together with. They'll have to obviously meet at an alternative site. But overnight, there was also some additional news that came out of China. And, and what I don't know is that one of their individuals if uh, from China, if he was taken out of context, but the comments were, you know, a long-term trade deal is probably a little less likely to get done than what we may realize, in essence, is what we are saying. I think they see a lot of what's going on with Trump right now with the talk of impeachment. I think they're kind of thinking, hey, maybe there's a chance Trump isn't around. And if that's the case, maybe we'll get a better deal with another administration. So I I think they're going to try to drag things out. We'll probably get phase one done, but to get something else done is going to be really hard.
0: Some nervousness going on, do you think?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there is some nervousness there because we actually have had a little bit of support coming in. We've seen some buying come in in regard to the soybean side and with yields that look like they're backing down. And as we come into on the bean side, and we'll see it on the corn side too in the, in the WASD report next week, and that's where a lot of these estimates, as you're talking about, Susan, that will start trickling into the marketplace as they're coming out, those have become more and more important. So we'll get a handle of, of what's the trade thinking, where are the traders at, And then we'll get a feel as we start positioning for that uh, crop report in the next week.
0: Real quick, corn demand.
1: Yeah, corn demand's weakening, and we'll have to spend a little more time talking about that in the next segment.
0: All right, that's just some of the factors affecting the current market factors. A lot is more coming up. I can't even talk today, so this is a good Thursday for Halloween. We'll also talk about what we're going to look at going into 2020 with marketing. We know you have to make some decisions and do so soon to save yourself some money. More is coming up. It is the Thursday Halloween version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm happy to say, Jeff, that uh, today's markets were not too ghoulish, too um, haunting. I'm trying to on the words of a Halloween. But really, when you look at this trade, where we're at this time of year, there can be some nervousness and some spookiness going on in this trade.
1: Yeah, there really is, Susan, because let's just look at big picture, what we have going on. We've got the whole concern about the Chinese trade talks, on again, off again. So that kind of puts, as we've talked before, kind of a wet blanket over the Mm -hmm. trade. We then have to think about where are the big traders' money? Where's the fund positions at? And honestly, they're, they're still short corn, okay? So they've been selling any little bounces we get, and, and they're still a buyer of beans, so that's, that's been a good thing so far. But that's kind of setting the tone. And we're really setting in here, and everybody's not sure. We hear some good yield reports. We hear some that aren't so good, so they're not sure on that. But the demand side is starting to get a little more attention out there.
0: Well, talk about corn demand. We left off with that in segment one. What are we seeing for our U.S. product?
1: Yeah, you know, on the ethanol side, it, it's been interesting. So as we're kind of coming into harvest, basis levels were holding up. They're so strong for so long. And they're actually still very good. And that's hurting the ethanol industry, but yet what we're hearing on the ethanol side year-to-date, that's the best way for us to look at, and that goes back to just starting on September 1st, so it's not a long time here, but we're down about 5% compared to a year ago. The numbers that were out this last Wednesday actually suggested for the week we were down about 5%, 5.2% year-over-year year, um, compared to that week. But overall, USDA thinks we're going to actually end up being up about four-tenths of a percent. So in this next crop report, that's what everybody's looking at. What's our ending stocks going to do? There's a chance they may make an adjustment on the ethanol side. Usually they wouldn't yet, but it's possible. And the profitability, I think they're covering and making a little money on the ethanol plant side, but this basis has been so strong for them. And it's really hard for them to go ahead and be able to try to manage that basis risk. The only way that they can do it is to get corn bought. And unfortunately, what we're running into is there just isn't a lot of corn coming in real fast. And if it is, it's a little wet. So that's kept that market really supported and hurt their profitability.
0: So how are we going to be sitting export demand-wise, knowing what's happening globally?
1: You know, unfortunately, the export demand, first looking at the corn side, it's it's been rather weak. You know, If we look at what USDA was thinking overall, they were thinking we'd be off about 8% year over year. And the reason they were thinking that is that actually Brazil... Argentina, Ukraine, they all ended up having some really big crops. And so that came back in, and that, that actually took away some of our demand. We're getting more competitive, though. Brazil you know, is kind of stepping out of the market. Argentina's values are actually getting to a point where we're more competitive. Ukraine's actually still pretty cheap there, so we'll have to keep an eye on there. But when you start digging into the numbers on where, how we're progressing towards that minus 8%, we're actually down 48% on sales. Wow, and our shipments are down sixty percent compared to a year ago at this time. so what that means is that, as we come into these future WzD reports, it's very possible in this next report we could maybe see them lowered another fifty maybe seventy five million is possible on the demand side on for corn now, the positive side of that, and you hate to say it bids actually for these rail loaders are still pretty good but that's coming all from the the domestic side so that's helping you go to your feed lots down in texas or or go out to your chicken or poultry feeders out there on the west coast and actually as slow as this crop is coming in it's probably kind of positive because if if the demand was real strong on the export side then our basis would just be that much stronger and it'd be hurting the ethanol plant so i guess there's your silver lining susan (laughs) and all this
0: well i'm curious because we kind of look at where we're going for 2020 and guys are trying to get this crop out of the ground but they're needing to make decisions already for next year
1: there is i was just talking to a farmer this morning and that very question came up and we're getting that a lot they're going you know the seed uh, seed dealer wants my order what do i do i've got these you know corn acres i got bean acres how much of those each of those should i end up planting and the thing that we kind of have to kind of start talking about is that what's going to happen to all these prevent plant acres we had almost 19 million acres of prevent plant, and really of those between the corn and soybean side, there was about 16 million acres, okay? And, and the thing that we know is that there's going to be prevent plant next year. On average, there's about 3.8 million acres of prevent plant every year on average. So our whole thought is that there's going to probably be 4 million. It could be 6 million acres depending on the spring and how this all comes together, but then we had to decide where those acres gonna go. So even if there's 14 million acres that need to come in from corn and beans, let's say nine million of those goes to corn. Let's say, excuse me, another five million of those goes over to soybeans. Um, We need those five million acres, believe it or not, Susan, just to kind of keep our ending stocks at the same level. And that's that's a huge change from where we were before, but the scary part gets to be over on corn because if we add those nine million acres in on the corn side, that actually gets us a little over 3 billion bushels on the ending wow. stocks. And if we see that, that's going to go ahead and put some pressure on the markets as we go into this year. So they're really going to have to keep an eye on that 2020 crop. Time to get the pencil to the paper. Yes, most definitely. What's well, the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at
0: Peterson All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local... Dealers, don't forget you can pick this up as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you pick up your favorite podcast. Just subscribe. You're listening to the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.